0: What is up everybody and I want to welcome you to straight talk with hope those of you who are new and joining in Hey, thank you so much for tuning in wherever you're listening from don't forget to like us subscribe to the podcast or even leave us a review on Apple iTunes. We'd love to stay in touch with you. Hey, if you're new to the podcast, we are so excited you're here. Maybe you're like, I was just scrolling through the podcast and just happened to come across Straight Talk With Hope. What exactly is Straight Talk With Hope? I'm so glad you asked. We've been doing this podcast for a couple of years now, not too many, just a few. And basically, um, my name is Hope and I give it to you straight out of God's Word. It's not an opinion or a suggestion, but I just preach and share from something that's on my heart, but back it up with Scripture um, and the Holy Bible, which is the truth of God's Word that sets us free. But I believe that through freedom, it also will bring grace to every hearer that finds these messages as well as um, the podcast. So. Tune in, welcome again, and we'll dive in deep in here in a second. Hey everybody, welcome back to Straight Talk with Hope. So I need to catch everybody up to speed because it's actually been about five or six months since we've done our latest podcast and there's so many reasons for why i have not been consistent with that Um, for those of you who have listened to previous episodes a while back um, before may we actually transitioned our entire family across the country from moving from the southern states all the way to the pacific northwest so we are currently um, all the way up in the mountains here in portland oregon and doing a new work here so that's kind of where we are that's part of the reason we haven't been doing the podcast so so many of you have messaged and said hey girl when are you putting out another podcast episode where are you at those kind of things so um a lot of you have even asked really like what is the difference between here and um where we come back home from the south and mississippi there are so many differences Um, in fact i was thinking about this other day and actually made a list Um, To kind of catch you up to speed with it a little bit and still my list is like so long We can't even cover it um, all in this episode But I did want to kind of let you guys in on the Pacific Northwest It is truly a remarkable place to live despite what you may see about different states and climates and Just everything that you see on the news in my opinion the news is going to mostly highlight the negativity of each and every um, country or state, whatever that looks like. And the Pacific Northwest is truly remarkable as far as its landscape and agriculture and the beauty um, is second to none. I can't even really put words in it um, when you're outside and you're looking at all of God's creation, like it is remarkable. Um, So every day I get to wake up to that and I'm so thankful for where I live, the neighborhood even I live in um to see all of those beauties and just appreciate it for what it is because even though back home was nice as far as the beauty and scenery it is nothing compared to what you see up here um in the pnw so um totally loving that aspect of it um out here there's a lot of bike lanes so people are adventurous they're outdoorsy up here there's a lot of in shape people which i totally love um and so people are walking, hiking everywhere, biking, skateboarding, like it's a thing. If you don't own a skateboard or a bike or some rollerblades or you're not into climbing and mountaining, like you better start learning how to do it because um people are fit out here and I love that um aspect of it. So there's a lot of bike lanes around here pretty much everywhere you go in every suburb and there's also a lot of roundabouts and roundabouts is just simply where you start making like a turn and it goes onto another road or you can circle around to like two or three more roads all within a circle a roundabout so there's tons of those Um, there's a lot of pedestrian walking because people are walking dogs and all kinds of pets um, out here. So there's tons of people that get out in the dog parks, the skateboard parks, um, just tons of parks in general, pretty much in any suburb you go to because they are so outdoor driven here. Um, And you better make sure that you're on your P's and Q's when you're driving, because you're gonna have to slow down at the roundabouts and you're really gonna have to yield to the pets and pedestrians. Um, Hoodies and big coats, they're a thing out here. They do not do umbrellas. So it rains a lot um, here for like four to six months. There's a lot of um, bitter winter, cold days, rainy, wet days. So you gotta have waterproof uh, boots and gear, you know, to cover yourself from the rain, but also the wind here. Um, I did find out umbrellas really aren't a thing, even if it is raining, whether it's mostly most days are like a light drizzle with a gray overhaze forecast. However, we've been fortunate these past couple days to actually experience some sunshine um, in the air, but the wind is brisk here right now. So you're going to want to make sure your uh, lips don't get chapped uh, because of the wind. But um, wear your hoodies and your big coats and your waterproof boots. We are investing in all of those things for us and our three boys uh, while we are here. And then one of the things that I love here, um, and I mentioned this briefly about the landscaping, was um, the trees, the Douglas fir tree. And it's one of the trees that's also on the license plates out here. But it is my favorite tree. They're just massive, they're gigantic, they're super green. Um, It's like a giant oversized Christmas tree. I mean, what gets better than that, right? Um, And they're just uh, remarkable, amazing, and you find them all over. Um, Another thing that we are experiencing here it's just really, uh, like my two younger kids, based on where we live, the school is actually directly in the middle of the neighborhood, so it doesn't matter if it's windy, if it's fiercely cold, rainy, or sunshiny, people are walking to school. They're biking to school. Kids bike to school. There are buses, um, and there's, there's buses everywhere, like there's transit buses from the neighborhoods and suburbs down to the cities, um, which is unusual. We don't see a lot of that back home where I'm from. But there's people and young people and teenagers and even kids taking buses left and right to schools and parents jobs and you know things like that so you see a lot of that um going here in and out of all the neighborhoods as well but my kids Uh, walk to school however we have been driving to school um, just because it is raining or you know it is bitterly cold Um, so I take that option as much as I'm able to to drive but they absolutely love walking um, and knowing that they can get there on their electric bikes or their skateboards which is kind of cool too Uh, the last thing I'll talk about briefly before we dive in today's topic with straight talk is um, the temperature here, like I said, is is cold right now, um, but the seasons get darker here. So even though daylight savings is happening everywhere, um, for us, it really starts to get dark about 445 or five here. Like it's pitch dark, and then the sun will not come up the next day till 8 a.m. So that is a, uh, a new season, if you will, to embrace. And summer months here, Wow, they were crazy, like trying to get my kids to sleep because the sun doesn't go down here till 9.30, 9.45 p.m. So everybody's still outside playing and walking and hiking and doing all these things till almost 10 p.m. here because the sun does not go down till then, which is pretty cool. Um, So yeah, that's all my uh, information I wanted to share with you all about some of the transition fun facts, if you will, for moving from the Southern States all the way to PNW. And I'll see you back here in just a second for more Straight Talk with Hope. What's up, everybody? We are back on Straight Talk with Hope. And so I mentioned to you guys that um, I share out of the Word of God, the Bible, it is like my number one jam for fixing any problem I'm faced with, good, bad, or ugly in my life. And um, I just give it to you straight out. I'm a pretty bold personality. Um, you know, when people kind of get to know me, either I can be kind of intimidating, some said, or, you know, once you really truly get to know me, you're like, oh, I think I want to like be friends with this girl and hang out with her. Like, She's pretty, you know, spontaneous, cool, energetic. I'm pretty sociable with most anybody and everybody. Um, And then I just like to inspire other people to go after their dreams and goals, to do Um, impossible things, but just really do what God is asking them to do um, as I have done in my life. So today we're talking about building a boat. I am not a builder, nor do I have a desire to be. I think I've maybe built maybe two, three things in my entire life that I can recall and um, was successful with those builds, but it took a hot minute. And I'm not really one to just go out there and start a project and want to do the project. I'm just kind of like, does anyone else know how to do it? And I'll pay you to do it. Um, (laughs) And honestly, my family, we kind of grew up like that. I wish I had learned more tricks of the trade, if you will. But super thankful. However, my husband, who I call my beefcake, he is very um, gifted with his hands. And so is my older son. They can pretty much fix or build anything. Um, so the Lord knew what he was doing, setting those two in my life to help me in that area. So yeah, we're talking about building a boat, and I'm not talking about an actual boat. I'm talking about uh, the guy in the Bible named Noah and building a life of faith and obedience because that's exactly who Noah was. He built a life of faith and obedience. Noah was actually 500 years old, y'all. Like, we could just stop right there and say lot, right? He was 500 years old when he became a father and he had three boys and he built an ark at 120 years um, that took 120 years to build this ark. And in that 120 year span, all the race of his kind had an opportunity to know Noah's God on who Noah believed and why he was doing this assignment to build an ark. But only the word of God says that eight chose to believe what Noah was doing that God had asked him to do. Um, Then Noah was 600 years old when the flood happened and it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. The earth was covered with water for 150 days after that. And then all the water dried up. Noah opened the door for him and his family to come out safely because God established a covenant with Noah and his family that he would never ever flood the earth ever again. And so here we're talking about Noah, who was this man who found favor in the eyes of the Lord. In fact, in Genesis 6, chapter 8, verse 9, it says that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord, that Noah was a righteous man, a blameless man among the people of all his time, and he walked faithfully with God. There's a couple things I see here, and that is, one, Noah knew his God, right? There was no talking Noah out, especially 500 years of him spending daily communication with the Lord and hearing God speak to his heart like he was in close communion with God. And it said out of all the people for his race that God found Noah to be the blameless man and the righteous man and the only man of his kind that walked faithfully with God. And then it goes on to say um, a little bit later as we'll get ready to read in Genesis 6 verses 14 about how God gave Noah this assignment and gave him this instruction on not just what to do with his life and what to build, but how to build it. But first, before we talk about that, I want to dive into faith. Maybe some of you are listening because actually, let's be honest, some of you that listen and subscribe, you're not believers. You don't know Jesus. Maybe you have another God. Whatever that is, but the God that I serve is the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, if you don't know what faith is, according to the word of God, it says that faith is a substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. That just simply means that like I believe in God, I have evidence that God is true, God's word is true, that he loves me, that he is a good God because I've seen God do good things in my life and I've seen God take bad things in my life and turn them around for his good. Even though I personally haven't seen God with my physical eyes, I haven't you know, touched him out with my hand, but I've heard his voice and there's evidence to hearing God's voice and there's evidence for me seeing good things happen in my life, regardless of what I've gone through, through hurt, shame, regret, disappointment, or whatever that may be. But faith is believing that what God says is true and who God is, is he's real and yes, he is. And so faith is the substance of things that we hoped for Faith is not saying that it's probably going to happen or fingers crossed, I hope it happens. Friend, that is not faith. Faith is certain. Faith is bold. Even if it doesn't have evidence to see with its actual two physical eyes that it's going to change, the circumstance is going to improve, it's going to get better, faith is still certain that if God said it, that he will do it. There's no probably about it. We serve a God of impossibilities. In fact, we serve a God that says, If you're trying to live your life without faith, you're really not pleasing God. And if you're trying to live your life based on possibilities, you wouldn't need a God. And God says that we are to put our faith and our assurance in Him because that's what God is in the business of doing. He's in the business of taking what seems possible or impossible and turning around to possible, making it possible for us to continue to believe in Him. You can have little faith. You can have medium faith. You can have big, gigantic faith. And we know this because throughout the Bible, it talks about that there are measures of faith. But here is what I do know. And I'm gonna show you this in Matthew chapter 17 where Jesus is talking to the disciples. He's doing life with these 12 men. And he's basically telling them like, do as I do and say as I do. Um, He's training them, if you will. And actually the disciples were... Uh, teenagers who did the same works that Jesus did and could do, but he had to spend time with them. He had to teach them and train them, and even change their mentality on some things. But he told the disciples when they were getting ready to actually perform a miracle. You know, he's encouraging them to do it rather than Jesus do it, but. The disciples got discouraged, like it's, he, it even says in matthew seventeen twenty that he Jesus is telling them he answered because of your little faith, little faith in the amplified translation of the Word of God means because of your lack of trust and confidence in the power of God. So sometimes in our lives, we believe that God is good. We believe that God is faithful, but maybe we pray for something and it doesn't happen or maybe we pray for something and it doesn't come through for us. And here Jesus is telling the disciples, look, it didn't work for you because your little faith, somewhere along the lines, you discounted what you were believing for, your lack of trust. You started not trusting in me and believing in me and you lost your confidence in me and the power that I have. And so he says, he goes on to say this, for I assure you and most solemnly say to you, if you have living faith the size of a mustard seed, he's like, okay, you have this amount of faith, but guess what? This is all that you need. Like your faith will grow the more that you serve God and love God and you're living your life as a Christian and a believer but he says all you need is the size of a mustard seed to say to this mountain hey you move from here to there and if it's god's will it will move and nothing will be impossible for you So that doesn't mean that every problem you have is going to be solved. You know, that it's all going to be wrapped up and taken care of. Or because you're a Christian, you're never going to go through hard times, difficult times, questionable times. Uh, Absolutely, you're going to go through hell and back a couple times. Whether you know God or you don't. But at the same time, he's saying if it is God's will. And so your faith can go stronger and stronger each and every day. But Noah believed. He believed on what God said because he walked with him. But Noah believed the promise of what God said. So God is telling Noah, hey, build an ark. And he says, I want you to build an ark because of this promise. I promise that if you do this for me, then you will be saved, you and your family. So Noah believed what God said. Okay, God wants me to do this. He wants me to build an ark. He's gonna save my family. But Noah also believed the warning that God said, which was destroy of all mankind and wickedness of living things. So what motivated Noah was his faith in God of the promise, but also his fear in God, not like, oh crap, God's gonna strike me down. No, God does not strike you down. God does not do these things that the world would say God does. God is a very loving God, passionate God, merciful God, good God. Um, But he does want us to get our crap together. He does want us to repent of our sins and own up to our mistakes and move forward and trust him that we're going to walk this thing hand in hand. And he's not looking for perfection because no one is perfect. No minister, no pastor, no friend, no family member. No one is perfect. He's just looking for progression. He's just looking for us to begin to live our lives how he wants us to live it acknowledging him through our Christianity and depending on him and then living a life as pure and holy as we can with the help of the Holy Spirit. But he says this, um, he's telling him like, Noah, I need you to do this. I need you to do what I'm asking you to do with urgency um, and how many times have God asked us, like, I want you to do this or go from here to there or make this adjustment, in this tweak. And we're like, oh, I think I have faith to do that, but I'm a little bit scared. You know, I'm a little bit afraid or whatever. And I'm sure Noah was going through all those kinds of things. You know, faith, like I said earlier, it's not, it's probably going to happen. It's certain that it's going to happen. Charles Spurgeon says this, that faith must be a constant tenant, not an occasional guest. Faith is not something that we only, you know, choose to believe God that we need him and we need his help when things are bad and, you know, all these bad things are happening, we don't know how we're gonna do it, so now we're actually gonna get on our knees and pray or talk to God. It's not an occasional guest. Faith is in every day, in, in in our mornings, in our nights, in our evenings, in the daytime, in the good, and the bad, and the ugly. However you want to say it, faith is in all the time. It's a constant tenant in my mouth. It's a constant tenant in my mind. It's a constant tenant in my heart. It's not just showing up when I feel like I can't do it anymore. No, I don't know about you, friend, but I need God like all the time. I need God in my finances, in my marriage, in my parenting, in my businesses. I need God every. Everywhere God is taking me, I need him in my life because without him, I am nothing. And without living my life, without faith, I can do nothing. And so Noah says, all right, God, I'm going to do this. Genesis 6, 11 says this. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and it was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for the earth and the people of it corrupted their way. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all these people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy them both in the earth. So make yourself an ark. Here God tells Noah, build the ark. Noah's obedience is the second thing that I notice about this when God gives you a dream, a task, or assignment, or maybe he's asking you to change your career or shut your mouth when it comes to listening to your spouse or whatever it may be, like. We have to not just have faith for what God is asking us to do, but we also have to be obedient. Even if we think our way is better, someone's else opinion matters. Friend, the only opinion that matters about your life is Jesus, okay? Like you do have to figure out some things if you're married and all that kind of thing and be respectful and those kind of things too. But is your life lining up with the word of God and what he's asking you to do and are you obeying God? In Genesis 6:14 it says that so make yourself an ark make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out this is how you are to build it so he tells Noah, hey, he didn't just say, Noah, you know what, here's the assignment, build an ark, figure it out. No, he actually is such a good God that he told him exactly how he wanted it done. But he wasn't leaving Noah up for guessing, but he also wasn't leaving Noah for him to try to change what God said. He tells him how I want you to do it. And that's the thing about God is when he's given us instruction and when he's giving us advice on things to do, you know, we may look at it, oh, he's suggesting I do do this. And God is such a good God that he is not going to force you to do anything, but he will prompt your heart and he will prompt your mind, "Hey, this way is better. Why don't you do it and do what I'm asking you to do?" He says the ark is to be 300 cubit-feet long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leave below the roof an opening all around it, put one door on the side of the ark and make a lower, middle and upper decks. Y'all, there were no power tools. There were no cranes, fort lifts. There was no fixer-upper companies to hire out help. God told Noah to build a boat. He told him how he wanted it to be done. And Noah not once didn't alter or argue with what God said on how to build the boat. We look at our lives a lot of times and we get excited about maybe some changes. Maybe you're not a change person or you don't like transition or whatever that is. But let me tell you what Noah didn't do. Noah never once argued with God and said, yeah, it's too big. I think you got the wrong person. I screwed up too much. Don't think I can handle it. I mean, I'm going to need this, this, and this, and you're going to need to do this, this, and this for me. And, you know, he's, he's like, he's not gambling with God, right? God, if you do this, then I'll do this for you. No, God is not into that Kind of thing. All right. He didn't argue with God and say, you know what, you need to pick somebody else. I don't think I'm your man. I mean, have you seen there's no cranes out here and power tools? And you already know these people are screwed up and wicked. Why in the heck would you tell me to do this? It was nothing like that. He never once argued with the assignment or the task that God asked him to do. And really, that's probably why God picked him. He knew that he would give his yes and he knew it would do it well. But he also knew that he wouldn't just obey him halfway and then sucker punch himself and be like, dude, I'm out. Like, he didn't argue and he didn't alter. He didn't try to tell God, hey, God, I built some things before. Why don't we do it my way or this way? Or hey, God, I'll obey you over here, but not obey you over here in this part of the building of the boat because I think I know better. Or you know what, God, even better? Like, I'm not down with waiting 120 years to build this ark and wait on your timing for the freaking flood. Like, I just want to do it on my own timing. So we're going to skip this, this, and this step, but I'm still going to build it for you. Heck no. Noah didn't do any of that. He didn't argue with God and he didn't alter the The plan. A lot of times we argue with God and we even alter the plan. And then we wonder why, how did we get ourselves in this mess or end up here with this in our lives or that in our lives? Or why is this going over here? And probably it's because we argued and didn't realize we even argued or we altered somewhere down the road. And God was like, I never told you to talk to them. I never told you to be in a relationship with them, or I never told you to go work there or whatever it is. All right. Noah obeyed carefully. He followed instruction clearly and he was not in a hurry. And another thing about Noah, y'all, he wasn't last minute with this assignment. He prepared his mind. He prepared his work. He prepared his whole family of what was going to take 120 years to do something significant because he walked with God and he believed the promise of God. Now, I'm sure there were some hard times because as we have read this in the book of Genesis, in the story of Noah, that Noah had critics all around him. He had people say he was too old. He didn't know what he doing. There's not even rain. What the heck is a flood? How is this all going to happen? What is a boat? Why are you getting in it? And you're bringing all these animals in there, male and female, so they can reproduce. I mean, what is happening? Like, there were so many critics who made fun of him, who ridiculed him, ridiculed him, who did all these things that were questioning him or could have gotten him to give up or to question or doubt or all these things. I can't even imagine what was going through his mind, but he stood faithfully and he walked with God and he carried out the assignment until the end. Galatians 6, 9 says this, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Can I just say this, that some of you, whatever your goals or dreams or expectations are in your life, in your relationships, in your finances, whatever assignment or task God has given you, can I just say, don't give up. Even if it's been hard, even if it's not what you thought, uh, even if whatever is not happening fast enough or where you are, you're unhappy. Well, get happy, get happy in knowing God and finding God. The more time you spend with God, he will lead you and guide you into the steps and the plan and the purpose that he has for you. And sometimes it doesn't happen instantly in weeks and months. Sometimes it's years before you step into the fullness and the whole picture that God has, for you but if you do not give up if you keep serving God and loving God and doing what you know to do in your walk as a believer as a Christian for year after year then it says in due season you will reap the harvest you will reap the reward for the good seed and the good time that you have sown but you're gonna have opportunities to not want to continue all right you're gonna have opportunities and you're gonna have some good ones on why you don't need to do what you're currently doing or whatever it may be. But if I can just tell you to stay the course that don't grow weary in doing good, keep doing what you know to do, moving in the direction with God and showing up with God every single day of your life, because you know what? God promised Noah and God saved Noah and he kept his word to Noah of saving his family and establishing a covenant with Noah that we still talk about to this day When we see the rainbow in the sky, that God is still good. That he still has an amazing plan and purpose for all of us. He's just looking for us to build this life of faith and obedience and not just build it once and not just build it in times are easy and not just be obedient to what he's asking us to do. No, he's like, I want you to build it and build it right and don't alter and don't argue. Cause guess what? If you're trying to do it on your own power and your own strength, you're going to get frustrated. It's not going to turn out the way that it needs to be, but partial obedience, you partially obeying God and the assignment that's on your life is not really obedience. It's actually disobedience I mean think about it if you have kids and I have three boys of my own If I tell them to go clean their rooms and they partially do it or they You know put stuff under their beds rather than hanging it up or clean the toilets or you know Whatever it may be like (laughs) if they're partially doing it. It's still not fully obeying Even in their eyes. They're like, okay, I did obey I cleaned my room, but you didn't clean it this way I asked you to clean it and I'm setting the expectation. This is what it needs to smell like, look like, be like. This is what I'm saying to do. We have to obey God fully with the assignment that he's given us. And whether it takes 120 years or 60 years or five days or two hours, whatever it is, we're trusting God and he's teaching us to build this life of faith, build this life of trusting him and putting all of our confidence in, in him, so that he can get the glory, right? So that people can come to know him. That's what everybody's life is about. Yes, there are gifts and talents and abilities that God has placed on the inside of you that you are to accomplish and use that he's given you, but there's also some goals, some tasks. There's also some assignments. There's opportunities. There's all these things in our life that God says, you know, it ultimately it's to bring people into the kingdom. It's to some way be a light, be an example, you know, admit when you're wrong and move on and grow and learn and, and all these things. It's to move towards Christ. It's to help people find God in their story where it is that they have experienced or gone through or broken or maybe they're living life to the fullest right now and it's awesome is to continue to move towards God and move forward in what he's asking them to do. Y'all that's all I got. Y'all know me on previous podcast episodes. When I'm done girl is done. So that's all I got. I hope that you uh, enjoyed this podcast episode. I hope it brings life To your ears. And, you know, if you're like, Hope, I'm not a Christ follower. I want to know Christ more. Hey, friend, I'm so glad. It's so simple. All you have to do is confess with your heart or confess with your mouth, sorry, and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And not only does he want to be Lord, he wants to be Savior. That just means he wants to save you from hell, save you from the enemy. And spend eternity with him because he is coming back. But when you confess with your sins, confess with uh, your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you ask him to forgive you for anything and everything you've done, even the last 10 years or the last few seconds, whatever it is, there's nothing too big or too scary for God. Like he forgives it all and heals it all. But he wants you to know him. He doesn't just wanna save you from hell. He wants you to be in communion with him and make him the Lord of all your life, the Lord over your marriage, the Lord over your parenting, um, and follow the instruction that he's giving you through the holy written word of the Bible. I hope this brings life to you. I pray that it helps you. Hey, don't forget to like us on social media. You can um, subscribe, like I said, and we'll see you back here on another episode soon for Straight Talk with Hope. Peace out. So that's all I got. I hope that you uh, enjoyed this podcast episode. I hope it brings life um, to your ears. And, you know, if you're like, Hope, I'm not a Christ follower. I want to know Christ more. Hey, friend, I'm so glad. It's so simple. All you have to do is confess with your heart or confess with your mouth, sorry, and believe in your heart. That Jesus Christ is Lord. And not only does he want to be Lord, he wants to be Savior. That just means he wants to save you from hell, save you from the enemy, and spend eternity with him because he is coming back. But when you confess with your sins, confess with uh, your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you ask him to forgive you for anything and everything you've done, even the last 10 years or the last few seconds, whatever it is, there's nothing too big or too scary for God. Like he forgives it all and heals it all. But he wants you to know him. He doesn't just wanna save you from hell. He wants you to be in communion with him and make him the Lord of all your life, the Lord over your marriage, the Lord over your parenting. And follow the instruction that he's giving you through the holy written word of the Bible. I hope this brings life to you. I pray that it helps you. Hey, don't forget to like us on social media. You can um, subscribe, like I said. And we'll see you back here on another episode soon for Straight Talk with Hope. Peace out.